What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. There isn't going to be a change unless lawsuits like this, like Scott's, come out in and, and make the hospitals understand what just happened and what they did to these poor victims. Well, I just, you, said a mouth, my- you really said a mouthful there. And I want to talk about two things with what you just said. First of all, it, we're looking at this after all the research I've done. I see this has nothing to do with COVID. These, this euthanasia agenda has been going on for decades, and I can prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt. I can prove it with the documents. But then as it applies to this specific lawsuit, we took the extraordinary step of not just filing against Ascension Hospital System, but we also filed against five doctors and two nurses who were directly involved with Grace's death. And we did that because no person, no doctor, no nurse can use the excuse of following orders, following protocols, following the NIH, following the hospital mandate, whatever excuse they want to use, they can't do that. They still are responsible for their choices. I have talked with a number of doctors and nurses who are still in practice, and the consistent excuse is that if we didn't do this, we would lose our jobs. And that excuse can never be used again. And so we want this lawsuit to be on a national basis to show every doctor and nurse that you are going to be held to account. And if for some reason our lawsuit gets dismissed, I I still want every doctor and nurse to know you're going to be held to account in the next lifetime if you can't be held to account in this lifetime. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win they lose nothing less. (laughs) 
Big Q, Little Q, The Calm Before the Storm, by a friend of Mechagoria. The Strategy of Heaven, Revealed. Big Q, Little Q, The Calm Before the Storm, available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com To the Alex Jones Show, I'm Kate Daly from KateDalyRadio.com from the Kate Daly Show. So good to be with you today. I have a special guest for you. Scott Shera is with me and his story is one that you need to hear about. His story has been felt by millions of people across the country. So many, including myself, were impacted by having a loved one in the hospital for the deadly protocol that all the hospitals consented to use across America. He tragically lost his sweet daughter, Grace, at the hands of the hospital protocol. And I think it's really important that we bring to light the legal battle that's going on. Many families are facing legal battles right now. This case has millions of people interested in its outcome and really praying for the sheriff family that they that that the hospital finally has to address what they did uh to his sweet daughter grace scott's with me and i am so glad to have you on scott so happy to have you here with me i really appreciate you uh joining me scott are you with me there yeah, I'm with Hi, you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Kate. What a very nice introduction. I appreciate it. You bet. I can you start with your story about what happened because you have something very landmark going on tomorrow that I want people to be very aware of, and we need to follow these cases out and not forget about these about the trauma that we suffered as a nation by the hands of the hospitals. Tell us your story. So, you know, our story starts all the way back to September 22nd of 2002. That's when God blessed us with the little stinker named Grace. And, you know, she blessed our life. We had her for 19 years. And who gets to have an angel in their life for 19 years? I don't understand why God picked us. We certainly didn't deserve it. But but we had an angel named Grace. And Grace had Down syndrome. She was super high functioning. By the way, Kate, I have a shirt somewhat in honor of Grace and that it, it was part of the agenda. So I normally wear a collared shirt, but today I have unvaccinated lives. Yeah. Oh, I so love I, that. That's- I wore that because that's that was in the first doctor's report the first day that Grace was in the hospital, which was October 6th of 2021. We took her to the hospital because she had low oxygen saturation. Seven days later, she was dead. And in the first day's doctor report, this is by written by the what they called the COVID expert. The guy was so aloof, I've never met a doctor more rude. But the reason I wear this shirt today is because he wrote as his last comment in his first day report, unfortunately, I think the patient probably would not be here if she has been fully vaccinated. So that bias was obvious, but the other bias that was 
even more consistent than the unvaccinated status of Grace was the fact that she had Down syndrome. In the 22 doctor's reports that were written in the seven days Grace was in the hospital, they referenced that she had Down syndrome 36 different times. That's not relevant to the standard of care. And as you progress with Grace's stay, I'll give you the short version for the audience who hasn't heard of Grace's tragic death. Her last day on this earth was October 13th. Four days earlier on October 9th, four and a half days earlier on October 9th, they started Grace on a sedation med called Presidex. Of course, we find this all out because now we've gone through the records with a fine-tooth comb. That sedation drug, drug should have never been started. It was done to set up a ventilator, which was never necessary, and we rejected every time. Grace was never on a ventilator. They set up her death with that sedation med. That med is not supposed to be used for more than 24 hours. It ended up being used and then put on a maximum allowable dose while we were on a phone call with the doctor the morning of Grace's last day. My wife and I are on a phone call at home. My daughter Jessica was in the room. The reason I was at home is I was taken out by an armed guard on October 10th. So we receive a call and the purpose of the call was to ask us for a pre-authorization for the fifth time to put Grace on a ventilator just in case. Well, as I found out by looking at the money trail, just in case meant because they wanted a $300,000 payday, which is what they receive if you put somebody on a ventilator. So we said no for the fifth time. He Then he went on immediately and said, well, Grace had such a good day yesterday. This is in spite of being sedated that we should work on nutrition. Let's get her out of bed. Let's get her out of here in the next several days. So we agreed to a feeding tube. That phone call started at 10, 12 in the morning. At 10.48, while we were on the phone call, he increased the Presidex to the maximum allowable dose. We ended the call at 10.55. At 10.56, he put an illegal do not resuscitate order on Grace, then combined Presidex with lorazepam and morphine, which those meds in combination is what they use in a person's last hour of life in hospice care. So they used to euthanize Grace with those meds. And when it came time to revive Grace, when we screamed for the doctors and nurses to save her on a FaceTime call, they screamed back, she's DNR, do not resuscitate. We had no idea. And we, so we, of course, we screamed back, she's not DNR, but they refused. They refused to enter the room. And we watched Grace die at 727 on October 13th on a FaceTime call. You know, of course, all of that has led to the, the lawsuit, which we filed on April 11th, this Friday, the 14th at 10 a.m. is our first hearing on the lawsuit, which, you know, you can ask some questions. We can discuss that as much as you want, Kate. Uh, I just I just feel for your family. So many families went through this. I was receiving hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of letters of people that were that that their loved one was in the hospital. They were trying to get them out. They couldn't even get into the hospital. I was in a state where you could actually still get in to the ICU. But there were so many people out there suffering from the same exact thing. And these hospitals got this protocol and this protocol dictated what was going to happen to them. And everything was under the guise of COVID. Everything was named COVID. And that's really convenient when it has 98 symptoms. And the reason that I also wanted you on today is this story is heartbreaking because you lost a very special, special girl, a special daughter and to this madness. And what have we done to stop this from happening again? 
these hospitals, if they don't understand what they've done, if they cannot admit what they've done, then the next time something happens and we will get something, we will get something. Um, and that protocol will also be spit out at the doctors. And if the doctors um, go along and the nurses go along and they don't question and they don't say anything and everybody stays mum on the subject and they administer these deadly cocktails and these deadly ventilators again, we'll be right back in the same situation. And that's why I thought it was so important to have you on today because it's like election fraud. We are not doing anything about that either. And everybody expects there to be some sort of change. There isn't going to be a change unless lawsuits like this, like Scott's, come out in and, and make the hospitals understand what just happened and what they did to these poor victims. Well, I just, you, said a mouth, you really said a mouthful there. And I want to talk about two things with what you just said. First of all, it, we're looking at this after all the research I've done. I see this has nothing to do with COVID. These, this euthanasia agenda has been going on for decades, and I can prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt. I can prove it with the documents. But then as it applies to this specific lawsuit, we took the extraordinary step of not just filing against Ascension Hospital System, but we also filed against five doctors and two nurses who were directly involved with Grace's death. And we did that because no person, no doctor, no nurse can use the excuse of following orders, following protocols, following the NIH, following the hospital mandate, whatever excuse they want to use, they can't do that. They still are responsible for their choices. I have talked with a number of doctors and nurses who are still in practice, and the consistent excuse is that if we didn't do this, we would lose our jobs. And that excuse can never be used again. And so we want this lawsuit to be on a national basis to show every doctor and nurse that you are going to be held to account. And if for some reason our lawsuit gets dismissed, I, I still want every doctor and nurse to know you're going to be held to account in the next lifetime if you can't be right. held to account in this lifetime. I'm going to, I, I so agree with you, Scott. Um, we're going to come right back. There's so much to share on this. People need to know how to safeguard their loved ones too. We'll be right back more with Scott Shera on the Alex Jones. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com With all the craziness in the world, the collapsing borders, the war with Russia, 
the insanity, the, the, the currency devaluations, the economy going crazy. You are crazy, in my view, if you don't get high-quality storable food and water filtration and self-defense. Now, we're not selling guns and ammo. That's for you to go out and get for yourself and learn how to use if you haven't. And I'm preaching the choir on that. But a lot of people got plenty of guns, but they don't have enough storable food or water filtration. This is something you need now. And we've got it in the food department and in the high quality water filtration department. The highest quality food, the best water filtration at the lowest prices you're going to find and still get quality. Infowarsstore.com is running a special right now for 10% off on all storable food and on water and air filtration. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot beat this deal. Our prices are already the lowest. At 10% off, it's an insane deal for a limited time. Go to infowarstore.com and get prepared while you still can. Back with you. Glad to be with you. I'm Kate Daly, your guest host. My guest is Scott Shera. He lost his daughter to the hospital protocol. It, I, I would have to say it murdered his daughter and his daughter's sweet daughter, Grace. In fact, uh, their website to find out more information on this is ouramazinggrace.net, ouramazinggrace.net. Scott, um, this, I think people really need to understand this case because you were not permitted to even be in the hospital with your daughter. And I, I can't imagine hospital staff that would somehow some way be okay with that but i know from um even my personal story the the hospital w didn't want me in there either and and tried their very best to make sure that i wasn't there um but i was and you weren't permitted to be in the hospital i can't even imagine is this part of this suit too because i can't imagine that they were allowed to keep you away as um as her parents it's probably the most important piece of the suit. So what the hearing about is about on Friday is one of the defendant's attorneys wrote a motion to partially dismiss. And what that motion is about is two things. Number one is to wrap the most important piece of the case, which is the lack of informed consent. And that's where the issue of me being removed from the hospital fits with that battery claim, the lack of informed consent claim. They want to wrap that into a medical malpractice claim because there's state statutory limits when it's a medical malpractice claim, which is very frustrating. We can talk about that second. And then the other thing they're trying to do with the motion to partially dismiss on Friday is dismiss our declaratory judgment request for the illegal do not resuscitate order, which, you know, th this is, it's critical. I mean, in, in Wisconsin, what, and I, I would say this is more than just Wisconsin, because I've heard of hundreds in of illegal DNRs across the country, but in Wisconsin, the Department of Safety and Professional Services, which is the regulatory agency that regulates the licenses of doctors and nurses, has gone on record and said that the state DNR statute does not apply to hospitals, or excuse me, to doctors in a hospital non-emergency room setting. So wrap your head around that. That means that a doctor could put an illegal DNR on anybody he wants without their permission. So we can't, you know, this, this motion to partially dismiss is so critical that we went on Friday because the informed consent 
the lack of informed consent applies to across the board with all the COVID cases and, uh, and way before COVID. But everybody had lack of informed consent. The doctors just went in and did everything that they wanted to. You know, if you weren't there in your situation, you know, your, your husband wouldn't be alive. You know, so in Grace's situation, if I would have had informed consent, Grace would be alive today in spite of what they did because I would have been able to stop it. I would not have approved, obviously, the things that were happening. So the informed consent piece is is where the specific um, uh, idea of they remove me, it, it fits under that specific claim. I'm so I'm so glad, I mean, that you can spell that out. And I, I really do hope that that can't be uh, taken from you guys because that is, that is the biggest piece. I mean, we need to be there for our loved ones and to say something is so dire. What I always found was interesting was uh, they, they wanted to keep me out for, you know, I could, I could give somebody COVID. Well, the person that you just brought in, if that's the case and they are sick, how would you make them more sick? You know, it's ridiculous notion and it's illogical. And the fact that they got away with it, are they, are they getting away with it? Um, is it included when you walk in and you sign their little electronic pad? I mean, are, are, do we realize we're signing our lives away? I don't think we realize what we're doing when we're signing off when we bring somebody to the hospital. Yes. Boy, is that a great point. There's so many points where they have, like I, the way I like to explain it is the liberals have control of the ground game and the ground game are those type of situations. So you walk into a hospital, they want you to sign this stupid little pad with the fake pen. Uh, that is one of the many recommendations I have for people now, now that I'm woken up to this, is never sign anything without completely reading it. And in the case of entering the hospital, what you want to do specifically is ask for the printout, read it, cross off anything where you are giving rights away, initial it, and get a copy. It's critical. They're not claiming that at this point in our case. It'll be interesting to see how, how that specific situation shakes out. Regardless of what rights you sign away, they don't have the authority to kill you. What's interesting about, uh, you know, when I, I look at the legal wrangling with these type of situations, it's very frustrating. So we filed our case on April 11th, on May 15th. Ascension Hospital System, the five doctors, two nurses, all had to legally respond. They all did. A few points out of Ascension Hospital System's response are interesting. So I'm going to just quote these. So when we file, it's called a summons and complaint. When they respond, it's called an answer. So they wrote, quote, in answer to paragraph six of the complaint, deny that Ascension Hospital System directly provides health care services. So, you know, think through what they're saying. So they use the word directly. So they cannot be held liable because they don't directly provide healthcare services. Well, you, that's obviously ridiculous. Uh, this is a real interesting one to me. In answer to paragraph 40 of the complaint, deny that Scott Shero was removed from the hospital. Well, what was I doing then? You know, it, it, the stuff you can't make it up. Uh, then, then they also have an opportunity to... to um, do what's called affirmative defenses. So they wrote affirmative defense six, any and all injuries or damages sustained by plaintiffs may be a direct and proximate result of the negligence and or decisions made by the plaintiffs. So where are they going with that one? I presume they're going to say, well, because Grace wasn't vaccinated, that's 
that, you know, that's why I wore the shirt. But, you know, so then you ask, well, did they agree to anything? You know, that, you know, and so the shocker, you know, you're sitting down, thankfully, Kate. Okay, so here yeah. they did agree to two things. In, in the summons and complaint, they agreed to two things. One is that Grace was admitted to the hospital and, and quote, in answer to paragraph 74 of the complaint, admit that Grace Shera passed away. I mean, this stuff is, it's so crazy. And you know, there's another piece I would like to share if I have time right now relative to the motion to dismiss. Is that okay, Kate? Sure, you got about a minute. Go for it. Yes, please. All right. So in the motion to dismiss, the attorney wrote, the legislature's purpose in enacting a statutory scheme to govern claims for damages arising out of the alleged medical negligence was to encourage healthcare providers to remain in Wisconsin by imposing certain limits on the causes of action that a patient or her family member can pursue and the types and amount of damages that can be recovered. So that's where they're trying to take the informed consent and wrap it into medical malpractice. Why? Because there's statutory limits for claims for doctors in medical malpractice. This is across the country. Why do doctors need to have limitations on medical malpractice? You know, the, the, they're, they're not bashful about why. They're saying because otherwise the doctors won't practice in the state. Well, why don't you just be a good doctor? Then you don't need to have liability limitations. I own a business. I don't get liability limitations. If I do something wrong, I've got to make it right. You know, so why I'm do doctors get a free pass? They don't and they shouldn't. And we're going to try to make, make that stop. Be right back on the Alex Jones show more with Scott Shera. When I return, you'll want to hear this. Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, the American Freedom Party, dot US. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. When it comes to regaining energy, convenience is key. Sure, coffee, candy, and other highly sugar-filled products can give us a short boost, but the crash is always the strongest downside. That's why our team of scientists worked with the InfoWars crew to create a powerhouse mixable energy formula. Having TurboForce Plus at work, home, in the car, or in your bag is the ultimate answer to a sluggish day. Welcome back to the Alex Jones Show. I'm here with Scott Shera, and let me tell you his story. Um, his story breaks my heart because he lost grace in this. But I love his fight 
because his fight means that we could maybe change and impact this horrific system of the hospitals taking the NIH orders on what to do and um, telling the doctors exactly what they're going to do. And then on the other hand, you have doctors that don't ask any questions. I found uh, doctors that were not curious at all, didn't care what the protocol was, didn't care to research it, could have cared less. They just wanted to do what the NIH told them to do through their hospital administrations. And that's kind of how it was divvied out. But FEMA came in with our tax dollars and with printed press money and decided to try to give people who lost a loved one $9,000 for funeral expenses. Do you want to comment on this, Scott? Yeah, that's quite an interesting uh, fact, and you're spot on. This is called the Hegelian dialectic. When the person who causes the problem then Mm -hmm. sets up the reaction and then also provides the solution. So the same person who caused it provides a solution. In this case, the government caused the problem. COVID's a complete psyop. And then they already have a pre-planned solution. The reaction, of course, is death. And the pre-planned solution is, hey, we're we're going to ride in on a white horse and give you $9,000 to help bury your loved one. Not, you know, when people unsuspectingly take the money, not realizing the government caused the problem. You know, when, when we became aware of that after Grace's death, uh, my wife was fantastic on it. She just said, Scott, we're not taking their dirty money. So we never took the money. And I'm glad we didn't because we would be giving tacit approval to what they did to Grace. Scott, this is why I love you. Seriously, um, you're a warrior. And a lot of people took that money, needed that money, and you resisted. And that's the reason you're able to do this today, too. There was a there was a, um, a FEMA, I'm not FEMA, but a, um, uh, the PREP Act. The PREP Act went through in 2005. And I don't know why in the world. Well, I do know why. I could probably answer my own question. But under the HHS notification. And the PREP Act was modified early on during this whole, uh, I call it blovid because it's such a joke, um, blovid narrative. And it was that the amended section added that the PREP Act liability protections extend to covered persons for recommended activities that are related to any covered countermeasure in regards to SARS-CoV-2. And they told the hospitals that they had to follow this. They were going to be open to liability. But you know, Here's the deal. Number one, that should have never gone through. Who allowed that and why? And I could probably answer that too. But number two, doctors take an oath and they take an oath to help our loved ones in times of need. What happened in, in, in Grace's situation? In Grace's situation and murder, they decided that money and they decided obviously that the government dictating this down to their administration was far more important than saving a life. And this is when I lost a lot of respect for hospital uh, personnel is because I felt like they couldn't or would not, I say, I'd say would not um, distinguish between the two and put the patient first. Your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, boy, do I have a lot of thoughts on that. The idea a doctor wrote me a doctor wrote me about a month ago after he heard me on a podcast and said, Scott, just so you remember, we haven't taken the oath to do no harm for a long time. And that's part of what we've been programmed to believe. And so then when we get into a hospital setting, we assume it's a safe zone because the doctor's taken this oath to do no harm. So that lie we need to debunk right here for anybody listening. And I can prove that. I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I can prove uh, many, I think I can prove everything relative to Grace's murder, but this has been going on way before COVID. COVID exposed exposed it to those of us who are uh, paying attention, but I'm going to give you a document reference. So everybody's familiar with Obamacare. Obamacare was written by the chief architect, Ezekiel Emanuel, and this set the stage. It was set way before this, but this legally set the stage for what happened with the PSYOP known as co-op, or as COVID. I like what you said, Blovid. That's fantastic. So Ezekiel Emanuel in 1996 said, services provided to individuals who are irreversibly prevented from being or becoming participating citizens are not basic and should not be guaranteed. So that's the spirit of collectivism. That's what that man believed. That's why he was hired to write Obamacare. If you pull Obamacare from Google, you will see that on page 141, it's a 906 page document, page 141 is section 1553. Section 1553 is the legal license to kill us. And it says that any government cannot discriminate and may not subject an individual or institutional healthcare entity to discrimination on the basis that that entity does not provide any healthcare item or service furnished for the purpose of causing or for the purpose of assisting in causing the death of any individual, such as by assisted suicide, euthanasia, or mercy killing. So right there, we have in black and white, the authority to kill people, so Grace specifically, by euthanizing her. If you read section 1553 of the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, you will see it's, it's, it's so egregious, you can't make it up. If the entire country saw this, we would be able to stop this in a minute. So then still, so they have a license to kill us. How do they possibly get people to do it? How do they get the doctors to do it? Well, we found a smoking gun in Grace's case that is written by the Palliative Care Network of Wisconsin, and it's a training document for doctors to kill patients with Down syndrome. It was written by two MDs. It was written in July of 2011, the year after Obamacare was passed. And it walks through all the problems that people with Down syndrome have to set up a transition statement. So they list about 50 problems, cardiac septal defects, thyroid dysfunction, congenital hip dis dislocation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why? Because what the transition statement says it all. The lifelong toll on families is high. I'm quoting right out of the document. So if you look at all those problems and now you're a healthcare worker, you get the Down syndrome person in your bed to take care of and you see, okay, this is how I've been trained. This, this, These people are a problem. The family doesn't want them because there's so much problem. And so then it says part of a robust plan of care includes acknowledgement of this toll by healthcare workers. So the Down syndrome person is a toll on the family. I'm telling you bluntly, Grace was not a toll on her family. So the Down syndrome person, they're convincing the medical professionals that they are a toll on the family and that medical professional needs to be responsible to help that family out. So then they have the killing statement. It says specifically, whenever possible, 
Decision makers for people with Down syndrome, that's the doctors, should be encouraged to use substituted judgment to make key palliative care decisions. All efforts should be made to determine the preferences of the patient. However, because of lifelong cognitive impairment, the views of the person with Down syndrome may not be known. And that's insane. But this follows that collectivism that Ezekiel Emanuel was hired to put inside of Obamacare. So in collectivism, we can't have non-contributing members of society getting the same medical care as contributing members of society. So this is a literal smoking gun as to why Grace was murdered. And I can't tell enough people this, and it has nothing to do with Down syndrome. This has to do with elderly, anybody who's disabled. Remember, all of us are going to be non-contributing citizens sometime in our life. The paper is all about devaluing life. It's devaluing people's existence. And with, with a sweep of a pen, I, I can't... I cannot wrap my brain around that. And we do not look at that documentation. Obamacare is in full effect. The Occidental Quarterly fills a unique niche in bringing together scholarly articles on a wide range of topics that are mired in political correctness elsewhere. It is edited by Professor Kevin McDonald, who's no stranger to listeners of the political cesspool. There are quite a few reasons for the precarious state of our civilization and our people. But one of the main ones is that we have lost the intellectual and moral high ground to a cultural elite that is hostile to our people and our culture. Those of us who are politically aware must understand that the elites dominating culture and the political process in the West are intellectually and morally bankrupt. TOQ is the key. Digital download subscriptions are only $30 a year. Subscriptions by first-class mail are only $60 a year. Go to toqonline.com and click on subscribe now. In addition to receiving fascinating and informative articles, you will also be supporting the work of scholars who are part of a community defending our people and our culture with the highest level of integrity and intellectual sophistication. That's toqonline.com. Subscribe now. You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com The globalists aren't just targeting us through the poison shots or the electromagnetic 5G or the GMO crops. They're hitting us with hundreds of chemicals that the EPA has authorized companies and industry to use. One of the top pesticides used is atrazine. The allowable level the government admits that they allow to be in your water supply is enough to sterilize you and basically turn your son into a feminized mutant. Look it up. 
Don't let them do this to your family. We have the very best gravity-fed filter system out there. Highest rated at half the price of leading competitors. The Alexa Pure, ready to ship to you right now. We have replacement filters for folks who've already gotten it. It does 10,000 gallons before you replace them. It is amazing. It's great for your home, your business. You can put swamp water in it, tap water, whatever, well water. Almost everything's contaminated. This is how you take control of the fluids in your body and counter the globalist onslaught. Get yours today at InfoWarsStore.com. For a limited time, we're running a 10% discount. That is a huge discount. It's already the lowest price out there. You need this filter. Back to the Alex Jones Show. I'm Kate Daly from KateDalyRadio.com. The Kate Daly Show. There are a couple of things, Scott, that I want to bring up. Number one, remdesivir, remdesivir was part of this protocol. They were trying to shove down everybody. And I know people in the hospital that were the, niece, the nurses actually tried to sneak it into the IVs. The actual name of it is Veclery. And I think they did that on purpose because the actual name is Veclery, knowing that remdesivir would be found out after many, many deaths. And then they could go to Veclery, which, by the way, is now in all of our hospitals, all the way down to newborns. It's that dangerous drug that didn't even pass the Ebola uh, test and had to be withdrawn because it had way too many deaths attached to it. And then they used that immediately, even before we even knew Belovid was a thing, they actually made it the protocol. How did they know? Geez, because uh, maybe uh, somebody named Fauci was in on the Gilead um, profiteering on that drug. But they've got that passed through to um, to your loved ones, even down to newborn. Be very, very aware of Veclery because that is that real name that they're going by now and using it. And that's scary. Also, lawsuits have been filed. St. Agnes Medical Center, Community Regional Medical Center, Clovis Community Medical Center, Kaiser Permanente in Riverside, Redlands Community Hospital, all kinds of hospitals, too. This is the way we fight this and we make some change. Because if we don't, if we don't have the Scott Sharers in the world, we will we will succumb to total control of these hospitals. There will be no answer when you go to the hospitals and loved ones will be removed and they will make decisions for you and they will put you in a position where they give you horrifying experimental drugs and no one's going to call them out. And that's why I love Scott Sher and his family so much for doing what they're doing. They resisted the FEMA bribe. I'll call it a bribe. They resisted the FEMA bribes because when you signed on to that money, you had to sign on to never suing anybody. And they resisted that and they knew that they needed to fight this. And I'm so happy to hear this. How can people help you, Scott, in this fight? Well, the main thing they can do is share this message with other people because we got into this message or into this campaign to save lives. We're standing on Genesis 50:20, what Satan meant for evil, God meant for good, the saving of many lives. So both physically and spiritually, physically share this message because if your belief does not change relative to hospitals, you are going to die in a hospital. Your best defense is to change your belief. So then by changing your belief, you become prepared. So share the message. Then spiritually, we see the time is very urgent. So what can you do spiritually? We are all responsible to God to do something with our talents, whether you have one talent or a hundred. I'm not expecting people to file lawsuits. I mean, we have the ability to do that. So God demands us to do it at a higher level than somebody else, but do something other than sitting on the couch and waiting for other people to do it. If we all do what our God-given talents are, we can stop this. And then if you're wanting to help us directly, we're asking people to go to gracechara, S-C-H-A-R-A.com, put in your name and email address, 
because we are going to have calls to action as this case proceeds, especially if I get sued for defamation. I mean, you know I'm out there. I'm, I'm doing interviews every day. I've been on over 600. I'm calling Grace's death murder because that's what it is. And I don't care if I get sued, but if I get sued, we're going to have obviously another call to action. Right now, we're handling the lawsuit personally, um, but we're hoping to be able to utilize Grace's case for raising funds for other cases. There's 1.2 million Americans that this happened to in the 39 months of the pandemic, the scandemic, the pandemic, whatever you want to call it. And those families need help. And so we want to utilize Grace's case to raise money for other families. If you choose to donate, if you go to graceshara.com after putting your name and email in, there is a donate button that links to our Gifts and, Gifts and Go campaign. I love that. Um, and I do hope people really help out because you're, you're really, you really are putting yourself out there for others right now in the name of Grace, which I love because what a loving, loving girl she was. And caring girl. And I can't imagine this loss in your family. And I feel so bad for your family. And I feel bad for the families all over the country that have incurred this loss at the hands of the hospital. And many people were trying to get in because they knew that what they were up against or they found out after some research and the hospitals wouldn't let them in to be with their loved ones. And these hospitals need to be made held accountable for those kinds of decisions. I remember when they, they were telling me this in the ICU. Oh my gosh, you know, uh, oh, it's just so sad. We have to, we had to keep people out. I said, no, you didn't. You didn't have to keep people out. There was nobody telling you this. And and you, and it, it takes the personnel at the hospital to resist these things. The only way yes. that 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 the uh, HHS could do all of this is if they had willing doctors and nurses to go along with this and not question anything. And and that needs to be exposed. I agree 100%. And the doctors and nurses I talk with, it's it's an embarrassment. I talk with a lady who's 66 years old. She's a nurse in a hospital in Appleton, Wisconsin. And she originally said that I was lying. She found out that I wasn't because the hospital she was a nurse at, and she's the power of attorney for her dad, the doctor put an illegal DNR order on her dad. When I talked with her, I asked her if she'd come on radio and TV with me to help save lives. And she said, I can't. I'm a year away from retirement, and I don't want to jeopardize my job. So this is, these people are accessories to um, the mass genocide that has happened in, I mean, it's been going on for a long time, but was exposed in this 39 month blovid period. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I, I spoke with Reggie Littlejohn yesterday, interviewed her, and we talked about the, um, the last NADA and on page 992, there's the pandemic treaty that went through that basically put all these agencies like the WHO, it was like a ready-made Congress signed off on kind of deal where we would add all of these things coming. And the only reason they would do that is if they had more things planned for us. And if they do, and if they try to do this, we will be in the same predicament again. And we have got to stop that from happening. We've actually have to do something to make this so that this is not going on all over the country. I had many tearful people calling me and messaging me and begging for help 
and they weren't receiving help. And I, I felt so bad. The frontline doctors were the only ones that were actually helping people and um, I, having them understand what, what they could do, like my husband to get them out. And that's what saved my husband. So there are some good doctors. But for the majority, what I learned was that they aren't curious. They won't read up. They will not look at studies. They don't care because it's about the job, like you said. And, you know, my I, I, I work with somebody that, that's constantly saying, um, Uncle Milty, that's constantly saying, you know, people are will put on the brown shirt. And that's what's happening in our country right now. And we better stop it. We've, we've got to stop putting all of our careers and everything ahead of people's lives. This is not okay. Any uh, final thoughts for you, Scott, things that you want to warn people about and, and let people know about in your case? It, 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 not just about my case, but you know, you gave a call to action that we have to stop this. So how can we stop this? And I would say it isn't about an action. It's about an attitude of the heart. How they snagged us this with this first go around is through fear propaganda. And we know that Satan loves lies, deception, and fear. So the fear propaganda is going to happen again. We don't know how it's going to expose itself this, with this next round or whatever they have planned. But we know that that is going to be the tactic. And I would say out of all the things that I have learned so that I'm prepared for the next round is to not let fear control my thoughts, which then control my actions. And that's what I'd like to leave the audience with. It, it is, it's critical that we don't let fear control us. If, if we would have, as a country, not let fear control us, this thing would have been over. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a pandemic is when people fall dead all around you. I mean, on the street or at the store, or at the post office, all those places we could go, right? So it's not a pandemic if the only place they die is in the ICU on an experimental drug. If they're on an experimental drug and a ventilator too soon and they're trying to tell you you're in a pandemic, unless you're seeing this in front of your eyeballs, we are not in a pandemic, but everybody refers to it as a pandemic and everybody talks about what we just went through as, as if it happened, but it wasn't even in front of our own faces. It must have been happening everywhere else, right? That's kind of the attitude, like you said, we need an attitude adjustment. When mainstream media goes all in on something from day one and no one asks a single question, you know you're being played. Yeah, I, I mean, I was not awake till after Grace died. I'm awake now. And these are my wife just sent me a, an article this morning about a local man who was prominent that that died of supposedly of COVID. But it was in the mainstream media and it's it's how they do it. Now I know about the alternative media and I encourage everybody to find reliable alternative media sources like this one and share it with your friends because the mainstream media is all in on this. Everybody's in on this propaganda campaign. Thank you, Scott Shara. Our amazing grace.net and graceshara.com. Please go to these websites and help out. They need your help. They need your support too. And learn about her story and what happened to her so we can prevent it from happening again. I'm Kate Daly from the Kate Daly Show for Alex Jones. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com.
Antelope Hill is proud to announce the release of a new translation, Leon de Grel in Exile, by Jose Luis Jerez Reisco. Readers of The Burning Souls will already be familiar with de Grel's life before and during the Second World War, his service on the Eastern Front, and his involuntary post-war exile in Franco's Spain. This new work tells the story of his life in exile in detail, replete with first-hand accounts from Spanish nationalists and friends of de Grel. During his time in Spain, de Grel did not wallow in sadness, despite the atrocities inflicted upon him and his family by the victorious Allied powers. He stayed remarkably active in European nationalist politics and left a lasting impression on both his personal friends and those from around the European world who took inspiration from his tenacious idealism. De Grel's enduring legacy in Spain is well-deserved. Such a legacy also deserves to be spread to both sides of the Atlantic and beyond. Antelope Hill is proud to be the first to bring this unparalleled biography to the English reader. Get Leon de Grel in exile today at antelopehillpublishing.com. check rampant hacking identity theft mass surveillance defending yourself today is not an option it's a requirement introducing the conceal shield travel pack from defendershield.com conceal shield is cutting edge wireless blocking technology that eliminates all signals including emf gps and rfid place cell phones credit cards ids and other trackable items into the conceal shield and they become totally invisible get conceal shield now at defendershield.com use promo code conceal for 10 percent off guard your privacy secure your data and protect your health with conceal shield You're listening to Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible, ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. 
We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, theamericanfreedomparty.us. When our listeners get excited, big things happen like Donald Trump getting elected. And so, seriously, books are symbols of societal success and, 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 and of cultural blueprints. So yes, we talk all day, our videos go viral, but it's good to coalesce something into a document. And then when that document becomes number one, then the establishment and the elites read it. And really, I've had great success, all glory to God, reaching the general public. I'm a grassroots type of guy, you know, commoner, populist person. That's who I feel most comfortable with. I'm not an elitist by any stretch of the imagination, though I will enjoy like a fancy steak at a cool restaurant. And I know we're winning, but we've got to get out there to the establishment. And, and, and that's happening. You see, everybody sounds like Alex Jones now, or more and more people. Well, this book is made for this and, and, and really made for putting our ideas out. This scares the system so bad. Everybody should go right now to Amazon.com. Just type in The Great Awakening, pre-order The Great Awakening, defeating the globalist and launching the next great renaissance. Alex Jones with Kent Heck and Lively, JD. And let's send this to number one in pre-orders. We already sent it to number one off and on for a few weeks. A ton of these copies got out. I can tell you, the money that's come in was absolutely needed to keep this operation going, to fund the crew, to pay our legal bills. I've thrown it all into the operation. And without this book, we'd been shut down. Without the last book, uh, The Great Reset and the War for the World. This book is even more important, much thicker. I've put main, way more work into it. So is Kent. The other book was great. That was quick. Hey, Alex, finally write a book. I said, okay. Because I knew who Kent was and you know, had read his other books, uh, some, several of his other books. But everybody should go now to Amazon. Just type in The Great Awakening, Alex Jones. It's a red book, white letters on the front. And pre-order it now to send it to number one.